The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, May 1st. Coming up today... First Republic is seized by regulators and sold to J.P. Morgan Chase. We have the latest on this breaking story. A busy week for investors with a Fed decision and jobs report. We have a $6 billion takeover in the drug industry. And House Republicans put pressure on the Senate for the next move on the debt ceiling. Two boys were rescued from a flooded tunnel in New Jersey. Plus, the search continues in Texas with a man accused of fatally shooting five of his neighbors. I'm John Tucker. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. The Knicks lost game one to the Heat. Rangers-Devils game seven tonight. A lopsided loss for the slumping Yankees. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen, we begin with the turmoil involving First Republic Bank. After a weekend of wheeling and dealing, there is a last-minute buyer. Let's get the latest from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. First Republic Bank was taken over by regulators and will be acquired by J.P. Morgan Chase. The transaction makes the country's largest bank even bigger, an outcome government officials have taken pains to avoid in the past. Because of regulatory restrictions, J.P. Morgan's size and its existing share of the U.S. deposit base would prevent it under normal circumstances from expanding its deposit base further. J.P. Morgan was a key player throughout First Republic struggles. The bank advised it in its attempt to find strategic alternatives. Like other regional lenders, First Republic found itself squeezed as the Fed jacked up interest rates to fight inflation and depositors fled, partly in search of better returns and then in fear as worries spread about First Republic's health. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Jeff, thanks. Well, First Republic has had a tumultuous history. The bank has been bought and sold several times over the years. In 2007, Merrill Lynch bought it for $1.8 billion. Ownership passed to Bank of America when it bought Merrill Lynch in 2009. Changed hands again in 2010 when investment firms, including General Atlantic and Colony Capital, purchased First Republic for $1.86 billion. After that, they took it public. And we're going to have much more on the First Republic story, Karen, in just a few minutes. We'll be speaking with Bloomberg Intelligence Senior U.S. Regional Banks Analyst Herman Chan. First, though, let's turn to the economy. Two big events for investors to look forward to this week. There's the Fed decision on Wednesday and the April jobs report on Friday. Bloomberg Opinion columnist Mohamed Alarian expects the Fed to keep on raising rates. I would be shocked if the Fed didn't hike interest rates by 25 basis points. Um, the inflation data we got um, suggests that it's hotter than what the Fed, where the Fed would like it. And wages at 5.1% is going to worry the Fed. Mohamed Alarian says Wednesday's expected rate hike will be the 10th straight going back to March of last year. 
Well, Nathan, investors holding on to hopes that the Fed will cut rates in the second half may be disappointed by the Fed's message this week. That's according to Morgan Stanley Chief U.S. Equity Strategist Mike Wilson. In a note to clients, he says a more hawkish measure, uh, message from the Fed could provide a near-term negative surprise for equities. Well, in addition to the busy week of economic data, Karen, we also get a full plate of earnings reports this week. Let's get a preview now from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It has been a story of strong corporate results counteracting concerns over persistent inflationary pressures. Lindsay Rosner is portfolio manager at PGM Fixed Income. What we heard, I think, resoundingly through the earnings that we've received is that recession watch is going to have to happen next quarter. The guides so far from companies that we've heard are actually not terrible. Apple will be closely watched on Thursday. Earlier in the week, it's Qualcomm and AMD. We'll also hear this week from automakers Ford and Ferrari, along with Uber, Marriott, Pfizer, Starbucks, Yum! Brands, and oil giants BP, Shell, ConocoPhillips, and Phillips 66. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thanks. So what's the best way to outperform the markets? Invest in defensive stocks, Japan and Warren Buffett. That's according to the latest Bloomberg Markets Live Pulse survey of finance professionals and retail investors. More than half of respondents in the survey are confident that Berkshire Hathaway's returns over the next five years will beat the S&P 500. In corporate news this morning, Karen, we have a nearly $6 billion takeover in the drug industry. Japan's Astellas Pharma has agreed to acquire New Jersey-based Iveric Bio. That company develops drugs to treat age-related blindness, and shares of Iveric Bio are soaring in the pre-market. They're up nearly 18%. Well, let's turn to politics now, Nathan, and get the latest on the fight over the debt ceiling. House Republicans are pressuring the Senate to come up with their own bill after Speaker Kevin McCarthy's package of spending cuts passed the House last week. Majority Leader Steve Scalise says Democrats need to make the next move. President Biden maxed out America's credit card by spending trillions of dollars over the last two years. What Republicans said is we're willing to work with the president on addressing that, but let's also address the spending that got us here, too. Congressman Scalise says Republicans won't allow the U.S. to go into default. Democratic Senator Chris Coons says the cuts Republicans are demanding amount to hostage negotiations over the debt ceiling. Look at what just passed in the House. It would cut veterans' health care. We just passed landmark legislation to fund the health care for burn pit victims. They'd cut that. Senator Coons and Congressman Scalise spoke on ABC's This Week, which you can hear Sundays on Bloomberg Radio. Finally, Karen, Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey has changed his mind on the sale of the social media platform to Elon Musk. Writing on the Twitter alternative Blue Sky, Dorsey said, quote, it all went south. He says Musk has not proven himself to be the best possible steward for Twitter. Also, that the company's board should not have forced the sale. S&P futures right now are down one point. Dow futures up two. NASDAQ futures down four. So little changed across the board to start this week. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 49 degrees in New York. It'll be partly sunny today. Maybe a few showers this afternoon on our way up to near 60. Scattered showers tonight, heading down to around 50 degrees. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. And Nathan, heavy rain triggered flooding on major highways around New York City. 
forcing drivers to sit in traffic for up to four hours. In New Jersey, crews rescued two teenagers from rising floodwaters in an abandoned rail tunnel. On a rescue boat, two Edgewater firefighters spotted the teens who went exploring when floodwaters rushed in. They were trapped sitting on a pipe in the rail tunnel in neck-deep water. Edgewater Firefighter Lieutenant Thomas Quinton. They were sitting there and they were just trying to stay out of the water. And uh, we, right away we asked them how long they were there. They said they'd been there for about two hours, they were saying. Lieutenant Quinton says the teens are in good condition. A massive manhunt underway in Texas. Francisco Oropesa is accused of fatally shooting five of his neighbors, including an eight-year-old boy in the city of Cleveland, Texas. Neighbors say Oropesa began firing an AR-15 from his porch for fun. When the neighbor asked him to stop, police say Oropesa stormed into the home and began shooting. Texas Governor Greg Abbott now facing criticism for identifying the victims as undocumented immigrants. A government who have been deported from the United States four times and is back illegal and killed by me. Now is on the run. Well, the Republican governor spoke about the shooting at an event in Austin. The mayor of El Paso, Texas, declared a state of emergency as that city expects a wave of migrants to cross the border from Mexico when Title 42 expires in less than two weeks. Title 42 was a health measure that sent migrants back across the border during the pandemic. Mayor Oscar Lacer says migrants have already started arriving in El Paso. We need to make sure that we continue to protect not only the asylum seekers, but also our community. Meanwhile, New York City bracing for the expiration of Title 42. Mayor Eric Adams says the buzzing of migrants into the Big Apple from places like Texas and Florida has destroyed the city. It's Met Gala Night in New York City. The world's most fashionable fundraiser takes place benefiting the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Roughly 400 A-listers expect to attend. The event will pay tribute to the late Carl Lagerfeld, who designed for Chanel and Fendi. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. And for the Bloomberg Sports Update, for that we bring in John Stashauer. All right, Nathan, there was a Game 7 Sunday with one in the NBA, two in the NHL. Who's got another Game 7 tonight? Rangers and Devils from the Prudential Center. The Knicks and Heat at the Garden. Only Game 1, but with Miami's 108-101 victory, puts the pressure on the Knicks to win tomorrow as it is. Knicks have never won a playoff series after losing Game 1 at home. They'll need to shoot better. Just 7 of 34 on three-pointers. Jalen Brunson was 0 for 7. He called his play horrific. Steph Curry, much better. 50 points. That's the most ever scored in a Game 7. Golden State won going away at Sacramento and will now take on the Lakers. On the ice, Panthers and Bruins. Bruins had the greatest regular season in NHL history. Led the series 3-1. Fell behind last night 2-0, but led 3-2 with a minute to go. Florida scored, and Game 7 went to overtime. Along the near boards, Bennett finds it to the circle for Hagee. Shot, top shelf, he scores! Carter Verhagen, top shelf, and the Panthers win in overtime! The Panthers stun the Bruins in Boston, and the Panthers are moving on to round two! Carter Verhagen, the Panthers have won in overtime! 4-3 the final! The Panthers take Game 7, and they're moving on! UAM, just the Panthers' second series win since 1996. The Seattle Kraken. 1-2-1 at game, game 7 at Defending Cup champion Colorado. Rangers-Devils tonight. It's the first Game 7 between them since the epic double overtime of 1994. The now tied for last place Yankees lost to Texas 
15-2. They come home having lost six of the last eight. In those six losses, they've scored a total of only eight runs. John Stashow with Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We want to get right back to the breaking news to start off a very busy week for investors. First Republic Bank is being taken over by J.P. Morgan Chase after a weekend of wheeling and dealing that has led now to the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. For more on this latest chapter in the regional banking turmoil, we are joined once again by the analyst who has been chronicling it all for us, Herman Chan, senior U.S. regional banks analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. One less regional bank to analyze now, Herman. Good morning. We should talk about the scale of this collapse and what J.P. Morgan Chase now is going to be taking on its hands. That's right. Uh, First Republic was sitting on uh, about $176 billion in deposits at the end of the year. Uh, and now J.P. Morgan's uh, assuming $92 billion. So roughly half of the deposits left left First Republic's balance sheet, which is really a stark decline and something I don't think anybody would have expected. Uh, but unfortunately, with the SBB fallout, the contagion risk did, did shift over to, to First Republic. And in the statement from uh, Jamie Dimon this morning, he says that uh, JPM's financial strength, capabilities, and business model allowed them to develop a bid to execute the transaction in a way that would minimize costs to the Federal Deposit Insurance Fund. Is that ultimately what led to JP Morgan being the winning bidder here over uh, well, PNC, Citizens Financial Group, we had heard had also been in the running for this? Yeah, my, my assumption is that some of the regional banks like PNC and Citizens that you mentioned probably didn't want all the assets, um, the, the the loans that were underwater and the um, securities that that were that had some paper losses. Uh, J.P. Morgan's assuming all of them and, and taking over all of them, so it's uh, it's a better deal for for the FDIC and regulators. It, it minimizes the loss um, to the FDIC insurance fund. Uh, J, uh, the the regulator said only about thirteen billion in losses you compare that to 20 billion that they assume f- with the svb so it does minimize some of the uh, the losses for for the regulators which is ultimately a great thing for for them and for the citizens of the united states but it is the kind of deal that the government has tried to avoid in the past just because jp morgan chase is already the biggest bank in the country now with this deal it's going to get even bigger i mean what are the risks here of having you know yet one more mega sized bank in this country and potentially diminishing uh, you know what's left of a lot of these small and regional or small and medium sized regional lenders yeah that that was the surprising part to me uh JP Morgan's well over the 10 percent deposit uh, deposit limit um, that that's in place for for the U.S. banks, meaning that any bank over 10 percent uh, ne- wouldn't necessarily be allowed to acquire another 
a bank institution under normal circumstances. Obviously, these circumstances now are not normal, so they made an exception for for this particular transaction. Um, what happens next is a, is a good question. If we do see potential bank failures, does that mean other large, systemically important banks now are open to, to do these deals? Um, it, it creates an interesting scenario where, where other banks n- now could, could do these deals. This is something that wasn't in our calculus before. Um, but as I mentioned before earlier, any large bank that does these deal probably is, would be a better transaction for the regulators because they would assume much more of the deposits and would leave less of the underwater securities to the regulators to deal with themselves. Well, that leads to the the next obvious question here, Herman, which is after First Republic, I mean, are there other shoes to drop in the regional banking sector? Are there other banks that are on the uh, on the cusp here uh, that you're watching that could you know potentially be in trouble? Sure. Uh, I would say that the first quarter earnings reporting across the regional bank space really showed uh, resilience across the group. And even the banks that were in the spotlight along with, with First Republic, like PacWest and like Western Alliance, uh, demonstrated a clear path forward, unlike First Republic. So that they talked about increasing their capital ratios, selling assets, increasing the deposit insurance on, on across their deposit base, and noted deposits came back in, in April. So all these uh, areas point to me that that the regional bank space ha- has stabilized a bit, and, and really uh, the contagion risk was was really relegated to to Signature and and with First Republic after the SBB failure. This is Bloomberg Daybreak today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast-to-coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.